0: I'm your host, Madeline, and welcome to The Courageous Podcast, where you will hear inspirational stories every Monday and Thursday of everyday people who will share how they found strength, hope, and faith in the midst of adversity. Let's get ready to be inspired. Today, I have Lisa Gonzalez with us. She's a wife and a mother to four amazing children. She's a supervisor with the U.S. Customs and Border Protection for the last 20 years. She's a member of the New Life Covenant Church and the co-director of the New Life Covenant Sports Ministry. She also serves as a leader in the Women's Retreat Ministry, where her passion is to inspire and encourage women. Thank you, Lisa, for being with us today.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Awesome. I'm excited too. So, Lisa and I have been friends for a long, long time. Truly blessed by her friendship. Many, many years ago, my husband was playing Cupid. And I would say that he was slightly instrumental in getting her and her husband, Cirillo, together. His story aired a few days ago on episode seven, and it was amazing. And I wanted to bring her on so that she could talk about their story in chapter two as a couple and as parents to their beautiful son, Ezekiel. I thought it was important for her to share so that she could encourage other parents who have felt alone on their own journey of caring for a beautiful special needs child. So Lisa, tell us a little bit about you and your journey.
1: A little backstory about myself, I am one of seven, what's considered a PK, which is a pastor's kid. Uh, and I was also raised by a single mother. At the age of 19, I became pregnant. And that didn't work out with my daughter's father for a long time. We tried to co-parent. But most of the time, you know, I felt alone in, in that journey of raising my daughter at that age. In the 2010, I met my husband, um, someone who I wasn't looking for at the time. Let's just say that you know God has a funny way of working and using people to help you along the way. We got married in 2012. I think I had came to a place in my life where I was at peace with not having any more children, and my my husband as well. He was neither nor against us having children. So we kind of just left that that open. When we got married, we're, we're a blended family. And just being a bl- blended family alone brings a great deal of challenges. But there was also a lot of growth as well. And so in May of 2013 uh, is when I found out that we were pregnant. And it was funny because when I I randomly took a pregnancy test with a coworker because she wanted to see if she was pregnant. And (laughs) Lord and behold, she wasn't pregnant, but I was. And so (laughs) I actually like took a picture of the pregnancy test and I sent it to my husband. And, you know, he said, what does this mean? And I said, well, (laughs) it means that we're pregnant. And he did not want to believe it. He was totally shocked. He actually made me take Three pregnancies tests and told me to get the electrical one that it was written pregnant or not pregnant because he wanted <laughs> to believe and make sure that I was telling him the truth. Right. So I I kind of remember going through that season of pregnancy, just enjoying it, embracing it. I was a little older. I was I was thirty seven at the time, and so my daughter was already t- twenty two or twenty three years old at the time. So it was. December of uh, 2013. It was December 12th. I remember like it was yesterday. Um, I was going through the symptoms of pre labor, and at that point, I was already 33 weeks. Um, and I remember it was on a Thursday. And mm-hmm. that Saturday, I was coming into my 34th week. And so the the midwife will say, want to hold off a little bit more because we want to make sure that we you at least reach that 34th mark." Mm-hmm. Of, of the pregnancy. She knew that if the baby would be born, he would be a preemie. So she's like, let's just run some tests. I want you to go and get another ultrasound, and we just want to make sure that the baby's good. Um, I had to take some shots for, my, for the baby's lungs um, so that the lungs would mature as he was inside of me for those couple of days. So we head over to the, to the room where we we're going to do the ultrasound you know, my husband and I not expecting anything. We went in, it was just another ultrasound to us. The nurse came in, she was being talkative. And the more she began to take measurements, the more the room became very quiet mm-hmm. as if I, we felt like, okay, what's going on? And mm-hmm. you kind of felt like it started getting a little bit more, um, tension. And so then she says, I'll be right back. I'm going to get the doctor. And we're like, okay. So she. She goes out the door and me and my husband kind of look at each other and um, we're like, what's going on? You know, at that point, I never felt, I felt worried. I felt scared. I didn't know what to kind of expect. The doctor walks back in and he says to me and my husband, so we found some things with the baby. Uh, He has an obstruction in his intestine. We don't know exactly what it is. And we won't know what it is until he's born. It shows a speck in the ultrasound. It's also showing that he has a, a sign of a short, fe- a right femur. He is also showing that he has holes in his heart. And those signs show us that there's a possibility that he will have Down syndrome.
0: I can't even imagine being in a room like that, not expecting to hear all of this News at one time, Mm -hmm. you know, how were you feeling in that moment when the doctor shared that heartbreaking news?
1: I felt like my heart had went to the pit of my stomach. I felt like he was saying things to me after that, and I kind of just like blocked him out, Um, and I just kind of heard in the background, but I wasn't really paying attention anymore at that point. Mm -hmm. Uh, He just said, "Okay, I'll give you guys some time," and he walked out of the room. I remember looking at the screen that was above me and it has shown Ezekiel, you know, in my womb, you you see the little body there. And I just began to, to weep and scream and tell my husband, what are we going to do? Like, what are people going to say? Will they just make fun of him? All the what ifs and the unknowns and questions, Mm -hmm. you know, it just pierced my heart. Mm -hmm. And I just, I didn't know what to feel. I just was, yelling and screaming at the time and my husband was in complete silence like he did not say one word and we get back uh, he takes me back in the wheelchair and he says nothing we're saying nothing to each other at at that point Hmm.
0: so it's that awkward that awkward silence i probably felt Mm -hmm. like hours instead of minutes
1: Mm -hmm.
0: what did you do then
1: I, I remember walking through the hallway and just feeling broken. And I also remember the nurses looking at me and me kind of feeling like they know. Mm. They know the news that I just got. Mm. And it almost felt like embarrassed or shame, like if it was a bad thing, what they told me. Right. And as we went into the room and got back into the bed and, and as I, was sat, I sat there, my husband looks at me and he says, "Listen." I know we don't know what to expect here, but at the end of the day, this is our son and we're going to raise him and we're going to do the best that we can. We're going to learn as much as we can because this is the child that God has given us. And, you know, at that point, like I just bawled even harder because I said, Lord, forgive me, you know, forgive me for doubting you, for not trusting you. And, you know, it was at that point, Later in the evening, my midwife came into the room and she sat down and she asked, you know, how how did the ultrasound go? How are you guys doing? Mm -hmm. And I was so angry that I was like, why are you asking me? You know, it's not like you don't know. And she just looked at me patiently and she said, I know, but I want to hear it from you. And as I shared my experience and I explained, you know, everything to her and I, and I shared also like what uh, Cirillo had said. Mm-hmm. And her name, Amy Willits, I will never forget her name. She began to to weep. And she said, I have never met anyone like you, like you or your husband. She said, your baby boy is going to be raised by the best parents he can ever have. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, can I give you a hug? And and she, as she hugged me, she cried. And and we cried. And I, and I even felt more conviction, like, okay, God, if this was for her, you know, this moment right. was for her, then amen. I remember she says, I I hope I'm the one that, you know, delivers the baby because I, I feel like I need to be there. Three days later, after that, on a Sunday, Ezekiel Cirilo Gonzalez was born. He was four pounds, seven ounces. He was born at 34 weeks. And we stayed in the hospital for uh, a month because now we had to deal with all the things that they had spoken about previously. Wow.
0: And so how did you feel when you first saw him and you held him for the first time?
1: That's a good question because I think as mothers, when we first have our babies, no normally our emotions are rapid, we're crying, we're happy, we're excited, we're, you know, elated. Here's our baby. You know, I felt like that moment was taken away from me. Cause the moment they gave me the news that's the only thing that was in, on my mind and i looked at him looking for those features for those things that they kept saying he had right and i felt like i got robbed of that moment of joy that moment of excitement i mean i love my son i fell in love with him he was so tiny so small i almost felt numb in a way because i just didn't know how to receive everything because my body and my mind were going through so much
0: it's so emotional. I mean, to just just have to process all of that in such a short period of time has got to be so difficult. And then I know you mentioned that he needed, you know, several surgeries in order to repair, mm-hmm. you know, some of the damage and, and some of the things that he was born with, you know, how did that go? And, and what was his recovery like those first several months?
1: Day two of when he was born, they needed to go find out what that obstruction was. And so the obstruction was his pancreas, his pancreas didn't allow his small and his large intestine to connect. Mm -hmm. And so day two, the doctor had to go in and repair that. And that was the most scariest part of my journey too, because I'm like, here's the, my son is two days old and he's going into a surgery Coming out of that, the doctor came back and she said he did great. He's a strong little boy. And, you know, now we just got to make sure that everything's working well. And funny enough, she's like, now we just got to see if he poops. You know, once we get, you know, the, once we get the poop, then we know, you know, he, he's good to go. Like his, his organs are great. So right. my next prayers were, okay, Lord, we need some poop here so that we can make sure... <laughs> And I texted my friends and I said, you know, they asked, what do you need prayer? Well, oddly, this is what I need. And so right. through that recovery, he did very well through the weeks that we were in the hospital. Um, they checked the holes in his heart and they checked everything else that was going on with him. And all the nurses just fell in love with him. And they all like were saying like, he's such a strong boy. What are you going to call him? Zeke? Ezekiel? And, and we would say, they're like, that's such a beautiful name. And we would mm-hmm. say, no, well, well, that name means strength of God. right? And they're like, well, yeah, he's a strong boy. Right. And I think that when you talked about like diagnosis and how I felt about that, I wasn't really uh, angry about it. Mm-hmm. I just, I think I was just more confused and concerned, worried because I didn't know what to expect. I don't know if I could have been angry about, the diagnosis of just more of the concern of what's going to happen next.
0: I mean, there's a fear, you know, there's this underlying fear that, you know, you're kind of going into the unknown and you don't know what to expect. What's next. You know, you don't know what resources are out there. You you don't know who else can relate to what you're going through. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember you saying like, yeah, you know, there's support groups out there and everything, but Mm -hmm. no one tells you exactly Mm -hmm. what you need to do when you get that diagnosis, like what are the first few things that you need to do or think about in those first couple of days and those first couple of weeks? Mm-hmm. And you know, you said there's a need there because that those are the moments that women are most vulnerable and parents are are hurting and they don't know what to do. And so I think I also encouraged you that you need to fill that need and that void in some way. Yeah. yeah. In the future. So uh-huh. Definitely something that is much needed, you know, when we had talked a long time ago. So what was your motivation to kind of push through such a difficult time and such a, a difficult challenge in your life?
1: There were many people that stood by our side through this time. I remember one of my sister's friends, her Dr. Yepes, she was really one that was there trying to explain things to me as we're going through this whole process as, as, as a doctor, but she's also a woman of God. Mm-hmm. And so one, I remember one of the things that she would say to me is don't receive the news, like don't receive negative things that they try to say of how he's going to be or how he's going to live or how he's going to, she's like, you don't receive that. You know, he's a child of God, right. you know? And so she would encourage me just to be positive about the situation, my home church, my friends, my families. I was very touched because there were so many people who reached out to us, and people that I didn't even expect that would reach out. That really just blessed me. And I remember uh, a moment in church. Our pastor, Pastor Choco, was preaching about being naive to this world. And I remember after service, I, I felt like the Lord had spoke to me. And as I was walking in the, to the car with my husband, and I sat there, and he says, "You know what's wrong?" And I said, "Am I being naive?" And he's like, what do you mean? And I said, why am I trying to pray Down syndrome away? Mm. And thinking about that, I was trying to pray something that God had given me away Mm. because I didn't understand it. right? And so I had to come to terms with what that meant for us and for me. And I I remember God saying, what are you going to do about this? Are you going to go... And cry in a corner and say, woe is me and not care about your son and just, you know, live your life. Or are you going to stand up and, and rise and be stronger in this and fight for him and be his advocate? So I, I had to pretty much say, no, I'm, I'm going to fight for him because at the end of the day, he's my son. And, right. I, and I have to I have to fight for him because no one else will. And so I, I broke that bondage that was trying to keep me depressed keep me scared, keep me in fear and say, no, my son is who he is because God gave him to me this way.
0: That's right.
1: And at the end of the day, I know that God has always been my true source, my true strength, my motivation. The reason I live is to be a better godly woman, a godly friend, you know, godly mother. And I had to figure it all out. You know, we had to figure it all out about my son and trust the whole process, even if at the moment we didn't understand it. Right. Because we did it, we didn't understand what this meant and what this was going to look like. We didn't, we didn't know. I'm
0: thinking as you're talking, and I'm thinking to myself: you know, when we're going through these difficult things, could you imagine if you didn't have God? Mm. You know, if He wasn't your source of of strength during this time, could you imagine what you would have done, where you would be right now? It would be so much harder. You'd probably still be lost. You'd probably still be hurting. But mm-hmm. because you trust in Him. And you know that this is part of his plan. And you know that he knows that you are strong enough to take care of his special child. Uh-huh. That's why he blessed you with, with such an amazing kid. And and that fear that you had of the unknown has proven to be completely wrong because uh-huh. that kid is... <laughs> Amazing and he is a light and and brings smiles to so many people's uh-huh. faces and so many people love him and and I love it when we fear things but then God proves us wrong uh-huh. because it's like hey that's the best time to be wrong, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah I'm glad I was wrong. I'm glad I was wrong. Uh-huh. So looking back, you know, is there anything that you would have done different on this journey?
1: No, I mean I I Throughout my life journey, there's things in my life that, yes, I would have done differently. But I think at some point I wouldn't change anything in my journey because I feel like it's made me who I am today. It's made me stronger. You know, being a single mom at, at, a, at a young age made me strong and to deal with situations and adversities. So it's, it's in those moments that I know I wouldn't change anything because I feel it's made me who I am
0: that's awesome yeah. and what do you think or why do you think it was important and I know you've shared your story before at, mm-hmm. at women's retreats and you've yeah. shared it in other ways you know mm-hmm. why did you think it was important to share your story today on this podcast?
1: I think because sharing your story only helps others to make them feel that they're not alone it makes them see that if one person can be successful in it you know, they can too. And it gives them a sense of hope. It gives them a sense of not giving up. And it gives them a sense that, wow, there's other people out there just like me. Because I, I can tell you this, when I found out about my situation, I felt like I had no one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because I had never met anyone. I've met one person of the person that we both know, Pastor Luke, mm-hmm. his, his brother, Has Down syndrome, and I'm growing up. I grew up with Pastor Lou, so I grew up seeing his brother. But you don't really take a a thought to it until it happens to you. And so this is why I share my story now because I want to give hope to those people who feel that, what do I do now? You know, what do I do next?
0: Exactly. Yeah. And it it doesn't have to be Down syndrome like we were talking Uh earlier. It could be any parent Uh that gets the news that their child, you know, there's something's wrong, that they're sick or that Uh they're going to have this illness or this condition for the rest of their life. You know, you want to be able to give them hope and see that there's a God that loves us and that loves their children and that. If they rely on him and trust him, that they're going to get through it just like you did. Mm-hmm. And so if there was somebody out there right now that was going through something similar, you know, what would you say to them right, right now as they're going through this difficult time?
1: I would say don't give up and don't give in to the thought of what the enemy may say to you. It's going to be like seek the counseling, reach out to people that you can talk to, uh, get sound advice, godly wisdom. People that are going to help you put things in perspective right. when, when it comes to th- these situations. And listen to that wisdom, you know, to make better choices. And and one of the things is, don't compare your child with other children. And don't compare their advancement to where mm-hmm. your child is at. Mm,
0: to,
1: because I dealt a lot with that. As Ezekiel, when as he became one or two years old, I would look at another one and two-year-old and I would see, wow, how far ahead were they? And how behind was he? Right. And it would break me because I would say, man, God, is he ever going to get there? Mm-hmm. And I and that was a big struggle for me, you know, because I kept comparing him and looking at other kids with special needs. And I'm like, well, that special kid that has Down syndrome, he talks already and he's four. Or, right. you know, he's he's already like saying his letters and his numbers, he's only three. And Zeke at that point hadn't done any of that yet. And so if I can give that advice, Every child works and moves at their own pace and you have to accept that hey, your child is going to get there when he's ready to get there.
0: That's so true. I mean, I think that's, that's such a such a good point. Every child is different, every child is an individual, and that's whether they have a disability or they don't. Um mm-hmm. right? We exactly. can't compare kids to anyone. We have mm-hmm. to accept who they are, how God created them, and that there's mm-hmm. a reason and a purpose for him. Um, right. And so now he's six. Yeah. Tell me what his life like is today. And, you know, what are some of the challenges you face right now with him being six years old?
1: Well, him now being six, <laughs> it's difficult. It comes with challenges. It comes with learning so many different things of where he's at now as being six years old. Mm-hmm. Um in the other side, there's a joy. There's his silliness, his laughter. I love this boy so much.
0: Mm. He's lucky to have you because you are such a good mother to him and you are his. You fight for everything for that kid. And so you are the advocate and you are the right mother. And he has the right father, and that's why God blessed you with him. He knew that you were up to that challenge. Yeah. And you do he, it well.
1: Yeah. He is the joy of our life. I mean, he, be, even in the difficult moments, even when, mm-hmm. he, you know, even as a mom, you just, the, the kids, they just drive you crazy sometimes. Right. And even in the midst of that, you know, I say, God, you have just really blessed us. You know, and 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 new challenges that we face now is more of an educational piece uh, for him, and and getting him into the school that he needed to be at, and that was a great challenge, but a, a great reward at the end when God just made a way for him to get into a better school where his teachers love him and they embrace him, and it's what I prayed for, and that's exactly what you know he got in this school that he's currently in right now. And so, you know, unfortunately, CPS, they deal things with a lot differently when it comes to kids with special needs. And and mm-hmm. and we have to fight. We have to fight and stand up for our children because if we don't, nobody else will. And, and, and sadly, there's parents there that don't fight. They let their kids go through this process, not fighting for what they need and what they can get for them. They right. think there's no hope. Mm hmm. But there is, if if you do your research, you learn what it all, what it consists of with IEPs and uh, special needs kids. And if you do your research and you learn that, there's so much more that you can provide for your kid. Those are things that we've been dealing with now. And, and, and we've actually just been dealing with potty training now at you know, <laughs> six years old. And I, I, I have to say it's been about two weeks and it's, he's getting a lot better, you know, it's, it's been, yeah, <laughs> it's, been, it's been a good, uh, uh, experience to know, Hey, it's at his time, you That's know, when right. he's, <laughs> he's going to do it. So
0: exactly. That's awesome. I love that. And so I know you and Cirillo have four kids, three adults already. And so you're a blended family. And then you're raising this little boy, you know, what's it been like living together and just going through these challenges as a blended family? And I know that Zeke is the center of that whole thing. And I'm sure the older kids are like, man, you know, this kid, he's stealing the spotlight.
1: Yeah, it's been a joy. It's actually... Been our blessing, Zeke has brought us together as a blended Mm -hmm. family. Awesome, um, because it hasn't always been easy as a blended family, and that's probably another podcast that Mm -hmm. you have with blended family because, yeah, yeah, that was you know a whole nother story. But watching his older siblings love him and embrace him, and they all bring different attributes to his life, you know, and so. It's been amazing to watch, and, and it's actually has brought us closer to each That's other. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, just when I see you guys together, I mean, you could just see it, that he definitely is that sunshine and the light mm-hmm. um, in all of your lives. I see it in the girls, and mm-hmm. I can just see that, you know, whenever he walks into the room, I mean, literally, like, people stop
1: uh-huh. And they
0: just greet him everywhere we go.
1: Uh-huh. And, and it's
0: it's amazing. And I'm so glad that, that that's not a worry and a fear anymore for you and, and uh-huh. Sorolo and that, that God has definitely come through in so many different ways with him. And so before we end, I wanted people to... Find out, you know, how they can connect with you, you know, if they have questions or if they need support or advice or anything like that. You know, how can people connect with you, Lisa, so that that, you know, you can be a a support and and maybe give advice to somebody that might be going through something like this?
1: For sure. Um, I definitely am here for whoever needs to just advice and just talk about what this life looks like with any special needs child or the support they may need, you can email me at elizabethgonzalez at 007 at gmail.com, or they can find me and send me a a direct message on Instagram with uh, the profile Lisi03. Hopefully in the future, my my daughter and I, Jocelyn, are working on trying to get a platform together uh, for just young women, young adult women, and also with uh, mothers with the has special needs uh, kids and just kind of connect with them there and offer support you know, to them. So I am here. I'm available for anything.
0: That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lisa, for sharing your story again. I feel like every time I hear it, I learn something new. I feel something new. And it's like you just take me down that journey once again. And I know that, as I've said before, our story is not for us for us to keep it to ourselves. It's for us to share it and share the testimony of what God has done and and how we've come through so that we can encourage other people. I look forward to continuing to see your journey with Cirillo and your kids and Zeke, and once again, have you back as you prepare Uh to put this platform together, because I know this is definitely your calling to be able to help and support and minister to other women that have gone through, you know, something similar. So God bless you guys. Blessed to be family with you and be friends and excited for what God has next for you.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to being there for anything else you will need.
0: Amen. Hey, Courageous Community. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope you were encouraged today. If you have a courageous story or want to connect with today's guest, email us at courageouspodcast2020 at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Courageous Podcast. Until next time, continue to be strong and courageous.